Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, it has been a crazy 24-36-ish hours. A lot happening in the CSU world and the Mountain West. Craig Thompson stepped down today while I was at practice Wednesday afternoon. I'm obviously going to talk way more about that in the coming days. Going to get some different perspectives from around the league. But that's crazy. I mean, he's the only commissioner the Mountain West has ever had. I was joking, you know, he got his expanded playoff, which is the thing he's been pushing for for years now. And, and then he dipped. And then that was literally in his uh, his statement on Twitter that that was essentially what he wanted to accomplish. He got it done or played a part in, in getting it done. It was you know, the proposed expanded playoff from the committee that Thompson was a part of that they ultimately went with. So he did play a big role in that. But it'll be interesting to see what this means for the Mountain West. I obviously will talk about this more in the next couple of days. Need to process it a little bit myself. Definitely huge news, though, as was Dante Wright's decision to leave the football program. That news broke yesterday on Tuesday the 13th. I wrote an initial article for DNVR members just kind of giving you know, my initial thoughts on the process, but obviously have a chance to go a little bit more in-depth on the podcast here. I'm going to play audio from Jay Norvell speaking about it uh, at practice today. Then I'm going to kind of go through the timeline. I'll give my two cents on the situation and you know, then we'll move on. Also going to talk about what CSU might do at the kicker position now that Camper is gone. We'll go through, uh, go through excuse me, some practice notes, and then we will end with some more Norvell audio on a body language and guys just kind of needing to learn to fight through adversity. He referenced how this has been a cursed program the last five years, and you know there's some bad attitudes that they're trying to improve. We'll get into it more later. But really, I mean, I don't find that shocking, you know, being completely honest, because while, you know, some of it was definitely on coaching, you know, schemes, it's not like this has been the worst program in the Mountain West from a talent perspective. You know, I think there was enough talent on the team to make a bowl last year. I also think that they didn't particularly respond to, you know, the challenges of a season well, but they also weren't very well coached from top to bottom. So I don't exactly fault the players, but now Norvell has to come in and, and essentially offset what's been a losing culture now for quite some time. And when you have that, you just, you expect to lose when things go wrong. Losing teams expect to lose when it, when it goes wrong. And you could see some of that with the way that guys were just hanging their heads and the bad body language and and all that. So we're going to play some audio from Norvell on that. So lots to talk about today. Lots to lots to dive into. Going to play that audio from Jay Norvell, giving his response on Dante Wright. Asked him about it after practice today. Real quick though, the NFL's opening week was action-packed. It's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any football team, get $200 in free bets instantly. If you want even more action, everyone can experience the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. 
It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So if you were Houston last week, you still would have won. That's clutch. If you were Atlanta, you still would have won. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It came out yesterday that Dante decided to enter the transfer portal. Were you able to have a conversation with yeah. him? What was yeah, I've like? been talking to Dante since he's been here. And, you know, and I'm not going to talk specifically about his his situation. Uh, um, um, you know, Caden Camper's the other one. He's not going to be with us anymore. And I talked to both of those kids. They're both good guys. Um, but the bottom line is, is that we sit down with these players and talk to them at the beginning of the season. And, and they make a decision to do the things that we're asking them to do and to do the things that, that the team has deemed important. If they can't make a commitment to do that, they shouldn't play. And so I'm, I'm, I, I have no problem with the decisions that they've made, and I wish them luck. Uh, but, you know, and I also told our kids that are here that if they're, if they're on this team, then they're making a commitment to their teammates to do all the things that we're doing as a team. And so, you know, this game is uh, nobody makes you play this game. Uh, nobody puts a gun to your head and says you have to play. So it's it's a personal decision that everybody has to make. All right. So that was Jay Norvell answering my question today after practice on Dante Wright answering the transfer portal. If he had an opportunity to talk with him and what that opportunity was like, obviously, uh, you know, said he didn't want to get into the details of their conversation. That's to be expected. I, I would never expect a coach to do that, to be quite honest with you guys. It just doesn't happen. But you can kind of read between the lines with some of what was said there as far as, you know, you know, if you're on this team, you have to, you know, be up to the challenge essentially and be willing to do what this coaching staff wants if you want to play. That kind of goes in line with what we heard on, you know, Monday where, you know, Norvell actually mentioned Dante specifically and some of the other receivers as, you know, kind of needing to step up and, you know, take advantage of their opportunities. But Wright has obviously decided to finish his career elsewhere. You know, as I wrote in my piece, I, I don't think this sh- this is shocking. I mean, played uh, eight total snaps in the first two weeks. It's a guy that's been, you know, a starter for the last three years. You know, very, very versatile receiver. He's obviously battled some injuries over the years. When healthy, he's, you know, been a been a dangerous guy. Most thought, you know, that he would thrive in the air raid under Norvell. They also, you know, assumed he would start. But Norvell made it pretty clear at his introductory press conference the type of receivers and defensive backs that they're looking for in this system. You know, big, tall, fast, strong guys. Dante, obviously a phenomenal athlete, but not, you know, a big, tall guy. And then Melquan Stovall ended up coming over from Nevada. He's another extremely talented receiver. I would say very similar style as Dante Wright, or at least, you know, similar uh, build. They can, you know, typically fulfill a similar role on the field. And frankly, Stovall is the staff's guy. I mean, he's been in their system now for over three years. He has established chemistry with Clay Millen. And honestly, he's really good. 
he's really, really good. He made some plays in the spring that, you know, truly stood out even more so than, than Horton. He was making the, the highlight grabs every day. So, I mean, if you, if you follow what we had been saying throughout the spring, it had, you know, been pretty clear that those Nevada guys were, were really flashing. So when the initial depth chart of, of the season came out and Dante was below Melquan, that was, that was what was expected. Now, I definitely thought that Dante would play more. I mean, I didn't think it would be a situation where it was, you know, where he was playing eight snaps over two games. But, you know, the reality is, is, you know, they haven't really gotten anybody outside of the the top three guys that involved yet. And really, Tori's the only guy that they've got going. That is something that they want to improve moving forward. And I think Dante, if he, you know, would have stuck around, would have been one of those guys that they would have hoped to have, you know, gotten in the mix. But unfortunately, due to, you know, some of the struggles they've had in pass protection, and then again, off the, uh, the inability to run the ball hasn't helped either. But we just haven't really seen the passing offense other than, you know, a couple of small spurts here and there over the, the last eight quarters. We just haven't really seen it, you know, get a chance to, you know, get in rhythm consistently. And so there just has not really been a whole lot of rotating going on. I'm bummed that Dante is is deciding to to transfer. I've really liked covering him. I really like his family. I think they've been, you know, great representatives of, you know, CSU while Dante has been here. I definitely wish him well. I'll be rooting for him, you know, no matter where he plays. I I also I also respect the coaches to make this decision though, to be, you know, honest. Like they've had a lot of offensive success over the years. They're, you know, they're proven. They know what they're looking for in this system. And frankly, the receiver room is really deep now. Like, again, this is, this is not a knock on Dante at all. But there's just a lot more really explosive athletes in that receiver room than there has been at any other point in his career. I understand the frustration with the fans because we haven't necessarily gotten to see that yet. You know, it's really only been Horton that's popped. And I get you know, when you look at that, you're like, well, why wouldn't you try to get Dante involved? They haven't gotten any of these other guys involved, and they're all really good. The hope is that five plus, you know, six, seven, eight receivers, you know, out there recording a catch, multiple catches even. We're not there yet, though. You know, hopefully they're able to, you know, figure out some of the stuff with the offensive line, and I'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes. But I think this is probably just going to end up being a situation where both sides... Are, are better off. It just doesn't seem like Dante and, and the staff are, are are really clicking. I don't think it's personal. You know, I, I saw some people trying to imply that it's because he's not a Nevada guy. Well, Ty's starting. Tanner Arkin's starting. Ajon started over Avery Morrow. I mean, I was out there a ton over fall camp and in the spring. People were definitely getting reps. Everybody got an extended look with the way that they split it up. So I think it sucks that he's leaving, but you know it, it, it's a situation where at least they have a ton of talent in that receiver room, so they're not going to be hurting. And for Dante, you know, I, I hope that he lands in a situation where he gets to play a ton and, and you know gets a ton of targets. I, I would guess that he ends up somewhere closer, you know, back to home, you know, closer to Florida. But who knows? I mean, obviously, there's been. A lot of Intermountain West transferring. That's always on the table. 
his girlfriend's brother actually plays for Wyoming. So that's something to to keep an eye on. But ultimately, you know, I just, I, I like him a lot and I want Dante to get an opportunity to play. So for him, you know, I'm happy that he'll have an opportunity to, you know, pick a, a program and, and land somewhere good. But I'm not upset with these coaches for doing, you know, what they feel is best. I understand why some fans are pissed. I understand the the notion that, you know, Dante has been a great representative of CSU. But, I mean, it's it's about winning and losing. And that's what these coaches are, are paid to do. It's kind of like the recruiting class with the local commits. You know, it's it's they're not they can't please everybody that that's just the reality and that's kind of where i just come back to i think it'll probably be better for for both sides in the long run dante can find an opportunity where he can hopefully play more get more targets from csu's perspective uh you know now it, it you know you no longer have people you know every single week you know what's the deal here and it you know presents an opportunity for some of these younger guys to to get on the field you know more too now ultimately that's going to be somewhat predicated on if the offensive line can iron out some of their issues and they can, you know, establish a more consistent passing offense, get in rhythm. But this is just how college football works now. Again, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Dante. I hope he kills it. But I do think there's a lot of talent in that receiver room. And I think when, you know, you see guys like Melquan starting to pop and some of these other guys, I think CSU fans are at least going to understand where the coaching staff was coming from a a little bit more and everybody's going to calm down. So that's my two cents on the Dante Wright situation. You know, I, I really did enjoy covering him while he was at CSU. He was a really, really fun player. I mean, that 2019 season, some of the explosive plays that, that he was able to make were just awesome. He torched Wyoming in that 2020 border war win. And just from all accounts, he's he's a really good kid. So, again, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he lands in a great opportunity. I hope he kills it, all of that. But I do respect these coaches, and I trust you know their opinion on these receivers. I think there's a lot of depth in the receiver room, and I think when the offense starts clicking, you know, ultimately, I think people will kind of come around to to my side of the the fence, which is just that it's it's probably going to be better for both sides in the long run. But I'm going to move on now. Uh, we still got to talk about Caden Camper. Going to go through some practice notes. We'll get you some more audio from Jay Norvell. That'll be on body language and, and attitudes and just trying to get rid of some of the demons that have kind of plagued this program over the last half decade or so. I do want to talk to you about our newest partner, though, Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, shows, whatever. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, maybe floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops, up to 60%, can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find better deals this season on Avs tickets, Nuggets tickets, Broncos tickets, you name it, than with Game Time. It's created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in this podcast description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Again, that link is available in the podcast description. 
I also want to talk to y'all about Ivaca, the new GOAT in Colorado sports that is the greatest of all TV. Ivaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, and the NFL Network. Get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth and enjoy 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing zone. You can even stream your teams from your phone, laptop, or tablet when you're on the go. You can also add on a discounted Sling TV bundle to get ESPN and more. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans can get $10 off per month for your first three months. To score this deal, go to Ivaca TV slash Colorado 10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca TV is made for champions of the remote. All right, all right, all right. Caden Camper also left the program. Dante Wright, the headliner, but the starting kicker leaving is definitely newsworthy as well. Camper set the school record with 25 field goals made last season, was 25 of 32 overall for a percentage of 78%. I connected on 13 in a row at one point. Did start the year rough. It started about one of four. Was able to get hot. Obviously had that massive game. Uh, at Toledo and then followed it up with another good game against San Jose State where he actually set the record for most field goals made in a game that was six went perfect six for six one of those was a 53 yarder his career long so homecoming was huge for him last year you could argue that Caden Camper was the most important person in two CSU wins last year Toledo and then San Jose State in my opinion though he's a good kicker He's not a great kicker. He's not been very reliable, you know, 35 plus yards. I know he did make the 53, but, you know, most kicks in the 40s have been pretty rough for him throughout his career, made a ton of chip shots and a lot of them during the Adazio era, which, you know, again, kudos to him for making those. You you got to take advantage of the opportunities. But some of that had to do with the fact that the the offense was just so just so incompetent in the red zone last year. I do think it's a significant loss because it, you know, kind of puts you in a wonky position as far as, you know, your specialists go. Uh, I would assume that Henry Cattleman, the redshirt senior that transferred in from Oregon will now be handling field goal duties. He does kickoff duties, but it could also be Michael Boyle, a senior who transferred in from Hawaii or it could be the the true freshman in, in Brian Hansen from Coffeyville, Texas. My money is probably on Cattleman at this point. He's got an epic mustache that has nothing to do with it. I just like bringing it up. But yeah, I mean, definitely put CSU in an unsettling position. You just want to feel sure, you know, in in your kicker. Again, though, you know, I I, I just I never felt the same way about him that I felt like about Jared Roberts when it came to, you know, a, a clutch field goal. He made a lot of them, statistically speaking. You can probably do worse than 70% for your career at the collegiate level. It's just a lot of them were chip shots. A lot of them were gimmies. Did have a career long of 53, but he just, you know, he was never like an elite kicker, in, in my opinion. And I know that's crazy to say because, you know, just a couple minutes ago, I said he probably won CSU two games. But that was, you know, again, because they just couldn't score in the freaking red zone. Wish him well, not trying to dog him or, or anything like that. 
just, you know, trying to be honest about the situation and, and how big of a loss it is for the program. Again, I do think it's substantial because he's your starting kicker. Um, you know, but it, it's just kind of been up and down throughout his career. We'll see what happens. Happy trails to a him and Dante. Let's get into some practice notes here before I play some more audio from Jay Norvell on body language. Um, obviously, the, the big focus this week is offensive line. You know, what's going to happen? I, I'm kind of guessing that Dante Keys is not going to be able to play on Saturday, although we will see. He's had full pads on the last couple of days, but has not really been doing a whole lot, especially not doing a lot of contact. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see there. That's obviously CSU's starting right tackle who went down in that game. That was after the Rams already lost Brian Crespo for the season, starting left tackle. And now they're in a position where they're going to have to shift some stuff around. They tried to start uh, Chez Jackson at left tackle last week. That did not go well. They ultimately ended up having to shift Jacob Gardner, who was the team starting center, but played left tackle at Nevada in the fourth quarter or third and fourth quarter. They kind of shifted him to left tackle last week. On the depth chart, he's still listed as the team starting center, but they don't really update that as the season goes on. So just so you know, every week in the game notes, that depth chart, uh, the one that's on paper is not necessarily 100% correct. I expect it, assuming that Keys can't go, and again, we'll see, I expect it to be Jacob Gardner at left tackle, Dante Bivens at left guard, Dirk Nelson at center, uh, Gray Davis at right guard, and then Owen Snively at right tackle. Norvell did not say officially that that's the group it's going to be. So they're still working through some combinations, but just kind of based on what I've seen talking through with some of the other guys that have been there as well. That's what we think that the offensive line will likely be on Saturday uh, against Washington state. Another change to the depth chart, Jack Howell officially starting at safety. He was playing all the time anyways. So I don't, I don't really know why people were freaking out, but he is officially starting safety. Angel King's still going to play a lot. I just imagine they're going to slide him over to corner. That's where he had the experience. Anyways, Freddie Banks, you know, really wanted King to be a safety. He wanted him to be a safety at Nevada. So when, when, you know, they came here together, it made sense that he shifted him over. Howell is essentially, you know, made it so you, you have to keep him on the field. I mean, 24 total tackles through the first two games. He had a pick last week, almost had a pick against Michigan. He's just a stud. He's just a stud. I mean, one of my favorite players to watch at CSU. One of my favorite players to watch at CSU in a long time. Like, if I was a fan in the stands, I'd probably just watch him every defensive snap, but I got to be able to talk about everyone. Been a ton of offensive studs at CSU, you know, since I've been around the program, but got to go back to, like, Shaq Barrett to, to find a defensive guy that I enjoyed watching as much as I enjoy watching Jack Howell. All right, going to play some audio here from Jay Norvell, you know, talking about attitudes and body language. Real quick, though, the, the last note that I had from practice is just that Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, freshman quarterback, really seems to be making a strong impression. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if for some reason, and hopefully, obviously, we don't want to see Millen go down, but if they had to, you know, play another quarterback, it wouldn't shock me if it ended up being Braden. He's a guy that kind of brings some dual threat ability to the table. Got a strong arm as well, but he's impressed the staff with the way that he prepares. And you're, we're seeing him get more and more reps out there on the on the practice field, which is an encouraging sign. That's what you want to see from some of these young guns. They got a lot of arm talent in that room, man. 
a lot of arm talent and they're all good dudes too. They're fun to talk to. I had a chance to talk with all the backups over the last couple of weeks and they're just good kids. They're, they're easy to root for. They're all friends. They all hang out and play video games and stuff, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that kind of progression plays out with all those young quarterbacks on the roster and, you know, who can kind of take advantage the most, you know, from a, from a backups perspective. That was another thing that I asked Norvell about today is just, you know, you, you said post game that guys have got to be prepared, you know, not just the starters and, you know, are they taking that to heart? And it seems like the the team has taken that message, but we'll see. We'll see. I just wanted to shout out Braden Fowler Nicolosi because uh, he's turned in some heads. And I, I think he's a guy that potentially could be very good at quarterback as well. All right. That's all I have to say. Again, going to leave you with some Norvell audio here. Uh, much love to all of you guys. Thank you for continuing to support my content. Now's a great time to become a DMVR member. You get access to all my written articles as well as everything else on our site. You know, we cover everything around here in the Mile High City. If you do like what I do, if you wouldn't mind leaving me, you know, a five-star review on, you know, Spotify, Apple, a, a positive comment, I would certainly appreciate it. Always helps, you know, just in terms of visibility. But uh, I just want to shout out all of you because without you, my dreams wouldn't be possible. All right, that's all I got. Here's that audio from Jay Norvell. This is from Wednesday, September 14th. We'll have more Rams content and we'll continue to preview that Washington State matchup throughout the week. Didn't really get to that today like I intended, but then Craig Thompson stepped down. It's just been crazy. We've got a lot to talk about. Might end up having an extra podcast or two this week, but that's just more content for all of you. All right, I'm going to stop rambling now. Here's the audio from Jay Norvell. I was talking with Clay yesterday, and he said when he was watching the film, he kind of noticed some of his bad body language on the field when some of the frustration was going, maybe with sacks or just incompletions. Yeah. Have you had conversations with him about, you know, just as the quarterback, the responsibility to, you know, be positive out there and not let – I talked to our whole football team. I thought we had bad body language as a team. And, and uh, you know, but body language reflects attitude and – I'm going to be honest. This has been a scarred football team. They've lost a lot of football games in the last five years. And, um, you know, they, they, they hear it a lot. And, and so we've got to build their self-esteem up and we've got to build their, their, their capacity to fight and handle adversity. And uh, we didn't handle it well last week. And all of our players have to be mindful of their body language and, and their response to adversity. And we'll keep continuing to teach that and and press for that, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I there's a lot of different things going on that I don't really want to even comment about, to be honest with you. And uh, but but I think the negativity is is not good around this football team, and we got to make it a positive thing. And um, we got a lot of good kids; they're working hard, they're trying to do the right thing, and. Uh, and we're trying to pour positivity in them, in them so they have confidence to do what they can do.
kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly like not from